Welcome to a special edition of the Aviation Scopecast. Uh, tomorrow is November 9th and it marks the 30th uh, anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989. As my colleague Frank is both a German and an aviation enthusiast, I thought I'd give him a call just as he heads off on his holiday to see if he has any good stories for us. Frank just speaking. Hi Frank, it's Helen. How are you? Oh, not, not too bad. Just <laughs> actually just putting the last stuff into my suitcase, literally, as, as we speak right now. Uh, what is that new for you? Just just don't say that you want to give me some, some work so I'm not too bored in Australia. I would never do anything like that, Frank. Uh, uh. Um, <laughs> I'm just calling to ask if you know that tomorrow is the 30-year anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. Of course. I, um, I thought we could have a chat about aviation uh, stories related to this, you know, for the aviation scopecast. Uh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, you're right, it's, it's been 30 years and, I mean, incredible, come to think of it, actually, and um, I, I actually remember watching it on TV and um, being German and now living in Berlin, sure, sure, there's plenty to say about the fall of the Berlin Wall, but, so, are we recording? We sure are, Frank. Awesome. So, um, <laughs> let me, as a Norwegian, ask the German about the fall of the Berlin Wall. So, um, firstly, the fall of the Iron Curtain is known to be the 9th of November, um, mm -hmm. though it officially remained uh, guarded after, uh, although effectively meaningless. Mm -hmm. mm, several events uh, are important to remember regarding the Berlin Wall era, uh, but in relation to aviation, uh, what events come to mind, Frank? Uh, I, I was about to say the Berlin Airlift, but um, that, that happened way before the construction of the wall, actually. Um, I mean, nonetheless, it is the image when it comes to, to aviation in Berlin for me, and it was probably also responsible for, for the great friendship between Germany and the US. So, uh, on a second thought, um, what, what definitely also comes to mind is this so-called East German balloon escape. Um, that's what it's called, yeah. Um, it didn't happen in Berlin, but um, I mean, at least I've got the centuries right this time, I believe. So in, in the end of the 70s, I believe 79, and therefore 10 years before the fall of the Berlin Wall, um, two, two co-workers wanted to get themselves and their families across the border. As many did at the time, didn't they? Yeah, very, very true. So, so these two men started sharing ideas on, on how they could accomplish getting their, their families, I believe it was eight people in total, across the border. And um, after a while they came up with the idea of building a hot air balloon. A hot air balloon? Yes. Um, yeah. Without being an engineer in any fashion or form, uh, I assume that they would need a lot of material in order to build a hot air balloon. That couldn't have been easy to obtain during those days without being no. noticed, was it? No, ex yeah, exactly. That was probably one of the many, many obstacles. I mean, they're building a homemade hot air balloon. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> um, so, but uh, yeah, the material was, was an issue. So, so after planning how to build it, they, they realized exactly what you were saying, that they uh, needed a large amount of cloth. Um, but in their small town, it would be, it would raise attention if they just tried to get hold of this. So, so they actually had to drive more than, I believe, 50 kilometers to, to the neighboring town to purchase it. And um, when the shopkeeper looked at them suspiciously, he was told that uh, the material was going to be used uh, for a tent for their camping club. 
Very clever, especially if they look like camping types, though. Indeed. Um, yeah, well, without being too sure what camping types look like, <laughs> um, uh, especially in East Germany in the, in the 70s, no idea. Um, but um, they spent a couple of weeks doing this class um, to, to a balloon check back and, yeah, building the gondola and the burner. And um, after building the, the hot air balloon, they, of course, needed to test that it was safe because they could talk took uh, off with their whole family. Um, so the first two flights, yeah, they failed and um, they couldn't get the balloon inflated. So on the third attempt they, they used a homemade flamethrower, which um, which allowed them to discover that the, the cotton material they had used was just too porous and, and, and it leaked. Uh, so this this cost them dearly and they, they had to dispose of all the cloth by, by burning the pieces. Um, and that took them several weeks to, to not be detected. Imagine the disappointment, oh. and also like just the costs involved. It must have been massive uh, for two families during these times. True, true, true. But but luckily they they didn't give up. They they kept working and found new material that was better suited to to create the balloon. Um, all the time trying hard to not be detected while buying enough of of the material. And then in in July um, seventy nine, yeah, they they had finally completed the the new balloon. Um, they started the balloon and boarded both families, and they got up to an altitude of, of six and a half thousand feet. Six and a half thousand? Yes. Like, okay, I must admit that uh, I would have been terrified if I was six and a half thousand feet above ground in a homemade flying device. Oh, oh so would I, and I, and I also hate, 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 hate hot air balloons. Um, uh, but I, I bet... They were pretty scared as well, I mean, and, and rightly so, because while the wind blew them towards the border of East Germany, they, they actually entered a cloud, and apparently this, this cloud added extra weight to the balloon, and it caused them to, to descend. Really? No. Were, were, they, were they still in East Germany at that time, or had they actually managed to cross the border onto the west? No, 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 they were, they were still in East Germany, and, and they landed no. safe, safely, luckily, but uh, still on the wrong side by only about like 200 meters from the, and one has to mention this, from the heavily mined border zone. Um, so to avoid getting detected, they, they had to move very carefully and slowly, and I mean, they made it home in time just to report sick for, for, for work in school. Yeah, because you had to do that at that time, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Report, mm. yeah. And uh, what did they do with the balloon, actually? Did they manage to bring it with them? Uh, no, no. Unfortunately, they, they had to leave it behind. And it was, obviously, it was found just a few days later by the Stasi, which um, started looking for them then. And the Stasi uh, advertised for, for help to find them as, as, like, perpetrators of a serious offense. And, I mean, this made them very, very scared, naturally. And they decided that the only choice was to quickly build a new one and try again. Oh, that's brave. Like, imagine having yeah, Stasi like I looking can't for you. I picture myself doing that. Um, but oh. um, luckily, the experience from from the first time made it possible to build the new balloon very, very quickly. So, on um, just in September, they decided that the weather was right for a new track. And just after two a.m. the night, um, the the balloon lifted, and they reached now an altitude of actually over eight thousand feet, which is oh. insane. Come to think of it, and. Um, well, yeah, they experienced trouble up there, and the balloon tore, which meant that they had to use the burner much more than anticipated. Yes, it tore 8,000 feet up in there, grey. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> this probably also meant that, it, like, if you use the the burner at night, like, they must have they must have seen them then from the ground. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and after a while, they also ran out of propane, and, and so they descended even more quickly. Um, and shortly after they landed, and, and one of the engineers, I mean, if you, if you want to call them engineers, I, well, come to think of it, I think you have to call them engineers, but one of the guys actually broke his leg upon landing. And um, come to think of it, why in every, every podcast we speak, there's somebody breaking some bones? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the poor guy broke his leg uh, upon landing, and um, and they also weren't sure if they were uh, in East or West Germany. So um, and later they they stated that um, by looking around, they had a good feeling that they were actually in Western Germany, because they saw new farming equipment and the lights were a bit different than the East. But it uh, still they weren't sure, so it, it took actually two police officers, which which had seen the balloon arriving, approached them, and they confirmed that they were actually in the west. And then they called on the families to 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 uh, they called the families to them, and because they had been staying back. That is a good happy ending, isn't it? Because yes. I assume they then they stayed in in the west and they were allowed to. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody fleeing fleeing the east was was allowed staying in the west. Yes. Oh, that's great, though. I like. As I have to say, that's an amazing story of very brave people. Yeah, indeed. I, and and they actually made several films about this this spectacular story. I can imagine. I can imagine building your own homemade hot air balloon. Insane. Uh, Insane. Yeah, yeah, impressive. No, thanks a lot for telling us, Frank. Um, it's good to remember the past and not, you know, not just only look into the future all the time. Yeah, and I'm I'm also going to publish my my knowledge on Norwegian history now, um, because um, next special episode is on you. Um, but for now, uh, actually, I I really get around. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, to prevent you missing your flight uh, to warm and lovely Australia, I'll I'll let you mm. go. Uh, safe travels, Frank. Thanks, thanks a lot, Helen, and um, please take care of yourself. Bye, bye for now. This ends today's special edition of the Aviation Scopecast. As always, please keep in mind that our statements reflect our personal opinions, not necessarily Scope's view on the topics covered. We hope that you enjoyed uh, today's special edition and wish you a great celebration in Berlin if you happen to be there this weekend and hope that as many of you as possible tune in for our flight 003 later this month. So long. <laughs>